Hi there, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. In this episode of The Tingle Zone, I am interviewing Gregory Rees-Smith, someone who I uh, identify quite closely with because we actually started at the same firm of accountants, albeit in a very different year. And having become very successful in the corporate world, uh, Gregory, like myself, suddenly came to the conclusion that Quite frankly, he was in the wrong place and doing the wrong thing. Now, Gregory's journey from there on is slightly different to mine because he now lives in Portugal in a lovely house in the middle of nowhere, essentially self-sufficient, and actually practices as a shaman. Nevertheless, he still works with business owners around the world, helping them become more aligned and get in tune with their true selves to make their businesses more successful. Now, whether you believe in the spiritual side of things or not, it doesn't matter because there are still some great lessons of life that you can take away from this podcast in order to make your own life and your own business more enjoyable. One word of warning, our conversation was held over Zoom and the quality of the recording is not brilliant. There are a few moments where the signal breaks down. I've tried to uh, edit these bits out and occasionally added in a few words just to make sure that the meaning has come clear and I think everything that can be understood is in there. So sit back and relax, ignore the odd audio blip and I now hand you over to the shamanic CEO. My name is Gregory Smith. Uh, I, as you may have gathered, have a British accent, although I now live in Portugal. We've lived here for almost 10 years now. And it really is my life is the story of how I grew up in the southeast of England, uh, southwest of London. And at seven, I was hospitalized to have my tonsils out. And as a result of my father not visiting me because he was busy on his business, I developed the belief that to attract the love of my father, I needed to be a successful businessman. And my interpretation of that, not at seven, but a little later, was that it was necessary to be a corporate businessman to be successful, to attract his love. And so after university, deciding, I want to be a businessman, so do I go for the law or do I go for accounting and finance? And, And... chose the accounting and finance and, and joined what today is now KPMG. And so grew up there with the, 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 the belief, the understanding that I was really using it as a learning tool to then move into the corporate world, which is what I did uh, and joined a client, became the chief financial officer and, and grew up. H- however, at one point, uh, after I had uh, reached the exalted height of being the chief executive of a public technology company, I had intense back pain. So much so that I, I couldn't drive, couldn't walk, really, uh, couldn't go to the meetings. In other words, couldn't attend the life that I had built. And the result of that intense back pain is I I was one day moving slowly along a path I had trodden many times before, uh, walking over the hills in Somerset, which is where we then lived. And the words were going through my head, position, chief executive, passion, my inner calling. And, And so these were going position, passion, position, passion, as I walked over this, along the hills, um, big, white, fluffy, darkish clouds, which had some rain. And uh, it came back. And when I reached home, I had concluded that the position, which is what I've been seeking over the previous 20 odd years, was not actually what was motivating me. And my motivation was more the passion. And that was helping people to transform rather than being the corporate executive. And so I chose to step away from being the chief executive of this public technology company, which 
we, we've completed several successful IPOs. We've just taken over a business in the States and Europe. So quotes in, in the standard model, everything was wonderful. However, to me, at an internal level, it wasn't. Mm. And, and so I stepped away from the corporate world and well, it's quite simply, where was I going? What was I doing? I might have had this moment of awakening. However, what was I going to do in the practical sense? Where, where was the money going to come from? Where was the income coming from? So there was a lot of um, outgoings. And, and so that led me to initially think, well, I have helped build businesses because the technology company I'd taken from a four-man uh, startup through, as I said, to several successful IPOs and built it up. And we just completed the acquisition. So I was well-versed in uh, talking to the city, well-versed in, in helping build the, the structure for a business uh, and so on. So I thought, well, maybe I can help others do the same. And, and that's where I, I started uh, in, in that sense, uh, working with or trying to identify businesses so I could work with them to help them accelerate their, their business, grow their business, and, and in that sense, grow their lives. Because what I had realized was that there is alignment between what you desire at a soul level, at a calling, at a feeling, uh, what's your passion? then you can apply that very successfully into the business world. Whereas if you just focus on being a corporate CEO, then you actually lose the connection to yourself. And the result is, in my case, it was the intense back pain. And since then, I have assisted many clients who've had something similar, not always intense back pain, but some usual physical symptoms, some pain, discomfort that is, is not allowing them to enjoy life to the full. And so it was a, what I was doing was a combination of, okay, I have this pain, I want to be rid of it. And therefore, from the alignment that came within the individual in terms of their own passion, then the business could grow Whereas previously the business may have been, should we say, stagnant or perhaps even hadn't even started it. It didn't have the ability to realise its full potential because quite simply there was a misalignment between the, the entrepreneur and, and his own, her own uh, calling and the business itself. And, and so when, you, when, you were, um, when you were on that... Um uh, cliff, you go for that walk, and you're going between um, position, pass, passion, position, passion, and you made the realization that passion was where you wanted to go. You said that it was about transforming others. Yes. Was uh, transforming others? Did that did that come clear to you at that point, or was that something you worked out later on once you realized you weren't in the right in your passion space? I, I, to be honest, Andrew, I think it was more the latter. I'm reflecting on on that process and, and it, it wasn't all oh quite that's it all a nice, <laughs> nice handbook that appeared so how, it, how long did it take you to because you make that because i get it because it, you, you get that realization of i'm in the wrong spot i'm doing the wrong thing i'm focusing on the wrong things but that other thing doesn't always come that quickly it's not like as you say it's not the, the sun breaking through the clouds so, so for you how long did it take to work to work out what was your passion and how did you find that i i, I think it, it was, in, in terms of the process tree, it was choosing I'm going to step away from the corporate life. Yeah. Two, then what am I going to do? And in that sense, it was the inner reflection. What do I enjoy doing? What, what makes me leap out of bed in the morning, so to speak? And once I had answered that, which was helping others to transform, because what, and this is, again, reflection. Um, what I've realized is that we all have joy somewhere in our lives. Only often we suppress it because we believe we need to be doing this, that, and the other to be the corporate executive. Whereas if we, we listen to the joy, 
then that's the easy route forward. And so my joy is helping others transform their lives. Now, the one extreme, that will be somebody who just wants to have more joy and more fun, whatever it is in their life. And then how do I use that? And that's where the, the means of business, because business is, to me, a means that I can project out into the world, be of service, be of assistance, and, and have a good monetary life uh, through the service that I provide, whatever form that may take. Mm. So if I can, and again, just to slow you down again, I'm thinking here if someone's listening to this and they, they may have had the realisation, but they haven't found what their purpose is yet or what their, what their passion is. It's self-reflection, it's self-reflection but, but, but be, make it real. What were you doing? Were you lying in bed? Were you meditating? Were you writing down bits of paper? What, or just sitting in a, in a nice comfy chair? What was your practice to reflect? Uh, my, my practice at that time, which is why it happened on taking the walk, uh, it's very easy to become caught up in the head matter. And so what I, which is why I was taking the walk in the first place, it was, it was a walk I'd taken many times before. And so I had a route and I would go walking and, and just connecting with what was around in nature was, was partly reflection. And that's where I could step away from the head and enjoy the pace of walking. And, and so I enjoy the metronome of walking and that helps to switch off the mind. And so that's when the, uh, should we say the insights, the reflections, all of those intangible bits and pieces can float in and okay now i understand what that's about it's 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 those moments that i i have found is uh, the best for me and in addition to to walking uh, i used to be running two or three times a week and again the metronome of running meant that the mind was focused on the running part of where was I going? And so then the conscious mind or the, the spiritual mind, if you want to put it that way, could float off. And that's where the insights would come in to help me then realize. So that's what I need to do and move on that way mm. rather than, um, and I wasn't uh, in that sense, a great meditator at that stage uh, because I didn't feel the need to, to meditate because I think we're game of reflection. I was doing my meditation either in the walking or in the running. Mm. And that was my physical means of switching the, 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 the unconscious mind into focus on the, the, the physical activity. And would, would you go into those walks, those runs with an intention to, with a thing to work on or just let the brain do what it needs to do and see what comes up? Uh, sometimes I would go out with, okay, there's this issue and, and just let it dwell and, and trundle through. And other times it, it would be probably at the, the unconscious level, it was there. And then once I'd established the metronome, in would come the insights and the answer. Mm. It certainly was no, this is the way you have to do it, Gregory. It, 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 each one was evolving in that sense mm. yeah beautiful there's a there's um keep to put it on a uh, to, to do the sciencey bit <laughs> um that there is research that says that the the thinking the thinking side of our brain is that the right side left side or the right hand side of the brain isn't it, i think and um when we're getting overthinking and when we get certainly get into that state of anxiety and stress that all the blood rushes into that side of the brain yeah. rhythmic things like walking like running music uh anything that sort of uh creates a sort of rhythm uh works on the other side of the brain so it has to draw the blood away from one side of the brain to the other thereby freeing up yep. the the more creative side to do what it needs to do to give you the answers that you want exactly and and so that's why to me there was no one particular way and, and it, it was only perhaps later in life that uh i was formally meditating in the mindful sense uh, whereas at that stage certainly and for quite a long time it, it, it was the running 
um, and, and the walking that was assisting me to evolve in that sense in, in the direction of uh, this is my passion, this is what I enjoy doing, how can I help and, and also bring it down to the particular of, okay, well, where can I go to find the clients? Where can I go to uh, identify what's, what's my branding? What's my image? What is it I'm actually doing, etc.? And all of those could could jumble up as, as I was either out walking or running. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And again, when you had going back to the aha moment itself, yeah. what was the rough time scale between the I need to get out to weeks? It was, it was something like two or three weeks. Wow. So to see um, action and then worry about the consequences. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere within there, there was a um a conversation with my wife <laughs> uh, which okay so that's what you want to do gregory um you know i support you <laughs> uh, and so yes <laughs> again you, you i mean i don't know what you did but thinking about my own you know, similar journey but you 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 take a hard look at where you are at any moment in time and we are always better off than we think we are absolutely we, we get driven down this path as we were touching earlier on of of more need more need a bit better position bigger salary bigger profits and that kind of thing and so we think we're always in a position of want or lack you take yep. a stop and reflect you go actually <laughs> we're doing all right here it may not it, it, it's it, it's the same at the mo moment um as i said we're, we're living in portugal we we look out on the highest mountain in portugal continental portugal uh, that's six thousand feet uh, there are some beautiful spots up there and every evening with the setting sun we, we see the, the different colors come across the mountain uh, so you know the pinks and the oranges and then we can look at the sunset and and so we're surrounded by beauty of nature in every moment only do we see it or do we not see it and 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 so there are all these these beautiful aspects that we have only we tend to be caught up in the system the process um etc and and so that's what we ignore and yet we are surrounded by it. And so once you open the eyes, once you drop the, the, the blinds that uh, most of us have, uh, you can see the, the value, the beauty, the, the, the fact that we are uh, more, more abundant uh, than we ever think we are. Yeah. That's the, when, you, when you change the definition of rich, what rich means, yes. you suddenly realize how rich you are. Absolutely. And, and, and so coming back to an earlier part of the conversation, it, it's about how we use our skills to me to help others. And that's why it's about helping others transform so that they can live their life to the full potential. Um, that, those are words. But really what I'm saying is let's be rid of the limitations that you've accepted so that then you can grow. Now you then choose, do I want to be the billionaire? Do I want to have a nice comfortable life with enough financial freedom to do whatever I want, whenever I want it. And that that's okay. I feel comfortable in that. Yeah. Then it becomes a choice rather than what other people deem is right or wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what I've learned is that uh, humankind, humanity, the world is in a phase of taking self-responsibility rather than they will provide for me. They will dictate the way I, I lead my life. And so if I take responsibility for my life, then I make the choices as to how I want to lead it. Now, all right, society puts surgeons down, but in essence, it's about how do I want to lead it? Where do I want to lead it? What is it I wish to do to um, give me joy in my life? And from there, you, 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 you have multiple opportunities. There's no shortage of opportunities. Yeah. 
Yeah, because if you go back society, society, you go back long enough, and what where, the whole point of what we now see as government and taxes and all these sort of things, seen as punitive and dictatorial, originally they were essentially agreements of collaboration. Yep. How are we all going to work together to to help each other? Sort of. Thing. Yep. Over time, as things got bigger and things get forget what it's about, and uh, and agendas shift, then it becomes punitive and oppressive and all or however we perceive it to be but ultimately they're there to their agreements aren't they absolutely and and then in that sense we as an individual uh, we can change those agreements if we don't like them that that's that's what i mean by self-responsibility and so if if i look back over the the evolution of humankind the tribe basic unit that we all still want to belong in was there to collaborate so some people would go off hunting some people would do that some people would do that. then you all came together in in a tribal gathering whereas what happened uh, really i suppose from uh, 18th century onwards uh, or perhaps a little earlier but the rise of the industrial revolution is that everybody, because it was industry, had to be in at nine o'clock and they worked until five o'clock because the most effective way was to have mass of people come in, focus on what they were doing and then leave. And the result of that was therefore structure was provided and one was quite forced to be there at certain times and you were then told what to do because the most efficient way was you did your job, I did my job, and then we combined everything together. Whereas it wasn't collaboration, it was instruction. And so you then expand that from, as I say, the Industrial Revolution through to the way society has, has now emerged. Mm. Yeah, and we're still, yeah, we, and those patterns are still so ingrained in us that the, yep. the sacrosanct sanctity of the weekend and... Absolutely. And, and, and I feel guilty if I haven't done my hours of work. And this is another uh, view that I can only be wealthy if I work hard. Yeah. Because that's what industrial society wanted. You had to come in, clock in at eight o'clock or whatever it was, and you worked hard. And, and there were supervisors making sure you did work hard. And so that, that whole of ethos, that whole mindset has grown up, whereas actually the opportunities are there and coming back to I can be in nature, I can be sitting down uh, with, with the technology, I, I can work the hours I want and I can have the, the lifestyle I want. Now, as I say, maybe it's a millionaire, maybe it's a billionaire or maybe it's just financial freedom to do whatever I want. That, those are individual choices rather than this is what I must do in order to contribute, survive, however one wants to phrase it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that, that thing about working hard crops up a lot and it's, 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 there's two sides of it and you, you sort of alluded up, but I was just breaking it apart for people listening to really get it. But there's that one thing I have to work hard, so everyone just automatically works hard because that's grilled in. If we want to earn money, we need to work hard. Therefore, work hard, work hard, work hard. Yeah. The side of it is if we find something that we're good at that comes easy, we devalue it. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing which makes the biggest difference with the least amount of effort, we suddenly undercharge, we give away, we <laughs> whatever, thereby not serving ourselves and allowing us to do more of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and also, as I was talking, to somebody um, a couple of days ago. Um, oh no, I can't have a business out of this because I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've known people who have exactly that refuse to start the business because it's something they enjoy doing. And if I start running as a business, I won't enjoy it. Yes. Um, okay, so there are different ways you can address that, but <laughs> basically. To come back to if yeah. you enjoy doing something why the hell don't you focus on it yeah excellent um so going back <laughs> i'm still um 
I'm, I'm interested in these transformational points because yeah. um, in hindsight they happen quickly, but obviously, as we say, yeah. they don't in real life. And when we're going through them, I mean, it took me four years to realize I was in the wrong place to work out where I did want to be. Um, so it took me a lot longer than you to exit. But um, the thing about... Oh, did you have the intense back pain, Andrew? Fair comment. I, I, knees were my problem. Okay. Um, crutches a lot with knees. Left, left or right? Right knee. So it's okay. flexibility. So right, right side of the body is about forward momentum. And, and knees are flexibility as well, usually. So I was being, forced, being forced into things I didn't want to do and yep. moving forward, yeah. Left tends to be financial, isn't it? Uh, well, left knee is backward looking. So that, that's what you are holding on to. So you're, there's something uh, you're not being flexible about, letting go, however you want to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have... Uh, and so this, this, this is, uh, I'm running ahead rather than answering your question about going back, but it was from uh, reflecting on my own transformational moments that led me to write my first book, The Seven Secrets to Living in Harmony. And in essence, that was about back pain because what I, I realised was that the back pain was there for a reason. In other words, my body was sending me a message. Was I listening? No. Therefore, I had a whole series of back pains, which then led me to, okay, I will now listen to this message, uh, which actually uh, was on the about a month, six weeks, before we left England, so we'd sold the house. We, we, I booked the ferry to come to Portugal, and bang, back pain. So I couldn't physically fit, pack up the house, uh, fill up the boxes, uh, take the things to the dump and all the rest of it, because I wasn't able to physically do that. So we had some friends came in and packed up what we were bringing. Mm. And then it was on the, the ferry coming across, uh, actually, I, I can see the image now. It was a, a cloudy, rainy day when we sailed out of Portsmouth. And so we were setting off to our new life and we were leaving the rain and the clouds of England. And so my wife was standing on the stern of the, the ferry, watching it behind, leaving it behind. And it was then that I had the, the insight that because I didn't have standing on the ferry any back pain. Wow. And so it was, okay, so why is this back pain now gone when I'm setting off to this new life when I have the slightest idea of what we're going to be doing, etc. But it was from there, okay, so the, the back pain's a message. And then I did more research and I, I I ran through all the pains and discomforts I'd had in my body and linked those to various emotions, various beliefs I had. It, it, it was associating the, the pain, the discomfort with the beliefs that then led me to write The Seven Secrets, which I did in our first year in Portugal. And then uh, what, what I had did with The Seven Secrets uh, is that we have called in, in, in India, or from Indian philosophy terms, chakras, and each of those is an energy center. So we have one at the top of the head, one on the forehead, etc., all the way down. And each of those energy centers, if there is a belief blocking the easy flow of energy, what it does, if energy can't flow, it will create pain and discomfort. And that was the basis of the book. And so I'd link then, if you have pain in your lower back, for example, because that was slightly important to me, uh, then what's the message? And the message is the back is about structure in your life. So if you have a lot of pain, there's somewhere that's not in alignment between the structure of the life you're leading and actually what your body wants to do. And so it was from there working all that through that uh, as i said i then wrote the seven secrets and um, i was if i reflect now 
and although this was a deliberate choice at the time of writing it, I did not mention the word chakra anywhere in the book. I did not mention anywhere in the book I had used, although I did refer to uh, some shamanic practices to help people release their own beliefs, to unblock the energy and allow it to flow. And so there were various things that I didn't mention because I didn't think it was appropriate being a financial management coach to actually mention these things in the book. And so although I, I introduced them, I didn't actually use the words around them. And it wasn't. So what, year was that? what year was that? You published I, the, the book. Well, the, the, the in two thousand and ten is is when we left UK, and so I basically wrote it in two eleven, mm -hmm. and then sat on it because I was not comfortable in actually uh, bringing the book out into the world because it. I thought. It didn't align with who I the the market I was dealing with, which was financial uh, management issues, and so it wasn't until I was uh, holding a, uh, a workshop in San Diego in 2014, early 2014, when one of the attendees was a publisher, and uh, we 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 completed the Saturday evening with a fire ceremony, which is a shamanic process. And he and I were standing by the embers of the fire, just watching it die down. And he turned and said, OK, uh, there's a hawk up there, this tall pine tree that was above us. And we looked up. OK, yes, hawk. OK, very good. And, and then we carried on the conversation and the hawk swooped down a few minutes later, matters of a couple of yards above our head because we could feel the air moving with its wings. And it, it went over our heads up to um, some pines on the other side and as it went out it, it spread its wings so it was a big wing presentation and it's at that moment i said okay will you publish my book and so the rest is history wow yeah um interesting yeah you say the um you didn't release the book because it wasn't in alignment at that time. So in a with sense, who I thought I was. Yes, yes, exactly. So it wasn't in alignment with who you weren't <laughs> in many ways, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, still going through the journey of trying to work yeah. out. And, and, and what was interesting, again, uh, looking back with hindsight, um, I, I was approached in... 2005 uh, to help a small Swedish company called IKEA uh, with a, a management development project, which was really around strategic planning and, and making or helping managers look outside the business so that they could see what was going on and then therefore position the business to be appropriate to their market. And, and so I was approached, we did the course, and, and then uh, we, well, we wrote the program. And so what I was doing, I was stepping back into corporate. But what, it, what was interesting is that it was whilst working with IKEA, which I did for almost 10 years, is that I let go of the belief that, that to be in corporate, I needed to be wearing the dark suit and the white shirt and the, the tie and all the rest of it because IKEA's culture, Swedish, etc. And also, uh, we we would sit around uh, as a team. Uh, this plan, this strategic plan, does it have good energy or not so good energy? And so that's where I learned it was acceptable in corporate life to actually bring in terms such as this has good energy this doesn't have good energy and so uh, it, it was the build-up to allowing me to actually see that the seven secrets could then be published and i was no longer afraid of what others would think 
if they saw that I had written this book, which, which was about beliefs, the unconscious mind, and the ways in which we can adjust our beliefs so that we are free to live our, our full potential. And, and for example, one of the stories in the book is, is about a lady who had, uh, in, a pre, in another life, had made a vow of poverty. And so what was her life? This one, mm. poverty. Mm. And so we were able to address that belief of poverty from the other life to allow her then to expand her business and, and to change her life completely because she was no longer tied by the belief that she made or the, the, the vow that she made in that. Now, all of that didn't sit too well to me with, with, with the corporate world I was working in or yeah. I thought I was working. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, um, and it's still, I mean, it's been made major shifts over the last few years and people are a lot more aware of these things, but there's still obviously a lot of <laughs> pockets where it's still unheard of and, and all the rest. Of oh, it. absolutely. Um, so again, I, 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 I could fill in some gaps, but I'd be making some assumptions. So just obviously it came out from your research and into your pain and that sort of stuff, but how you got into the, uh, you know, what, what did you read? What do you look for? How did you get into shamanism? How did you get into the belief space? Uh, and, and again, it came from research, but let's break that down a bit more. And so, well, if, if I follow the shaman route, uh, our eldest son uh, was quite spiritual. And when we were living in Somerset, he left odd spiritual books lying around. So uh, I, I started flicking through them. And then I started to resonate with, with what I was reading. And at one point, which I, I can't recall when, uh, I realized that <clears throat> I, I was very closely aligned with what I believed was shamanic practice. And uh, the, the I, I suppose I was aware then I had been a shaman in other lives. However, I didn't feel <clears throat> I had my full shamanic practices, power, call it what you will. And then uh, one day a friend came along and said, I've been guided to take you to Avebury. Now Avebury, for people that don't know, is part of the Stonehenge spiritual complex. To me, it's a far more interesting stone circle than Stonehenge. And so she took me to Avebury and we, we walked beyond Avebury to another part of the complex, which is called Silbury Hill. And as we were walking down uh, the, the slope to Silbury Hill, and Silbury Hill is obviously not a natural hill because it's very conical, straight sides, all the rest of it. Uh, we had 100% cloud cover and it was drizzling and it was miserable and it was rainy and it was wet. As we walked down and we came close to Silbury Hill, bang. Okay, last time I was here, I was a shaman and I renounced all my shamanic powers because somebody died during a ceremony I was leading. So I did a, a, a process of forgiveness. Sorry, did that, did that just come to you or was that... Yeah, yeah no, um, it, it's bang. Okay. I just so, wasn't expecting it, the walk. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Another walk, switch <laughs> off. Um, and, and it was raining, it was drizzling, and it was it. So, bang, uh, did a process of forgiveness. And uh, just as we were turning away to leave, through the 100% cloud cover, this beam of sunlight came straight over the top of Silbury Hill, straight at us. And so I said, okay. I now know it's been done and cleared, and, and thank you for that sign. And so from there onwards, uh, I have had access to all of the shamanic powers and processes that I have accumulated over several lifetimes. And so that, that is now an integral part of my life. Uh, and, and what's the purpose of a shaman? The purpose of a shaman is you may not be surprised to learn to create balance 
between uh, Father Sky, God, Divine, Creator, Mother Earth, and to bring balance within the community that he or she serves. And so it, this, this to me is back to what's my passion. My passion is to help others transform because that enables them to enjoy balance in their life, which is about self-responsibility. And so uh, enable them to live to their full potential. Yeah. And, and, and again, for someone who's not familiar with uh, shamanism and shamanistic rituals and powers, what, what are the sort of things that, how do you explain it to a lay person or someone that's open to it but not, um, not familiar with it? I mean, you've given a, an overview of what the purpose of a shaman is and bringing that balance. Um, is, is, is it connected with nature? Is it, is it finding what's unbalanced within an individual and then finding a natural process of unlocking? What are the... It, it is very much about if there isn't balance, then there's something imbalance. And where's the imbalance? And the imbalance is usually within... Okay, I'll, I'll give you two examples. Um, within myself, because there was conflict between what I, I wanted to do at a soul level and what I was doing, back pain. How can I address the back pain? Well, you bring yourself into balance. So in my case, um, somewhat dramatically, follow the passion rather than the position. And, and so it's doing that for others um, that, that gives me joy. And, and that's what I enjoy doing. And so that's, that's one side. So that's the side. And then there, there are places on the earth where, again, there is imbalance. So uh, my wife and I used to um, laugh uh, at each other uh, when I'd been off with IKEA visiting Japan or, or the States or wherever. And she would always ask me when I came back, okay, so how was the meeting? Yes, very good. And what else were you encouraged to do? So in uh, the States, I had cleared uh, several Native American burial sites. And there was a store built on top of one. And surprise, surprise, it had very dense energy in it. And the store, therefore, wasn't operating as well as it could have done because of the dense energy. And they'd have problems with people coming in with guns and all sorts of other things. And, and then there, there were, um, for example, I was in Warsaw for one meeting and turned a corner and, and was encouraged then to release a whole load of dense energy from something to do with the, the Warsaw uprising in the 1940s, uh, etc. So I've been clearing the imbalances both on Mother Earth in, in the Earth sense because if there's dense energy, you can't live your life to your full. And, and also doing the same within individuals. And it's the same with buildings. Um, I, I, when we were living in, in England, uh, a friend asked me to come and help clear a building that uh, she and her husband were living in, that uh, the work on it had started, I think it was the 14th or 15th century. It was part of Glastonbury Abbey. And uh, the builder's work, one of the builders had had the screaming hab jabs when he'd gone into a room because he felt a whole load of uh, really intense energy. And so the building work had ground to a halt. So they asked me to, to come along and, and identify what was happening. And uh, there were several souls stuck in the building. And the first one was, was a, a monk that had helped build, start to build the place. And when he passed on, he so loved it, he decided to stay behind. And so he was there, and he, he disappeared. And uh, then in the room where the, the, the builder had the screaming hab jabs, uh, during the English Civil War, uh, some various people had been killed in the fireplace in a very, very unpleasant manner. And so those energies were still there and, and then uh, cleared those. And, and we went back and saw the house 
four or five years later and it was all warm and comfortable and there was no question of you couldn't use it to its full potential mm. are you are you well first of all do you need to be there to 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 sense it or can because energy obviously you know we're all connected and the quantum entanglement and all the rest of it you can can you do things from a distance instead yeah, I do. I do. Uh, and then so for example some of the people i work with i i, I work with them well I, I, most of my work is actually over video links rather than physically on site mm. uh, i enjoy going on site because it, for example going back to my ikea travels uh I wouldn't necessarily have thought of going to some of the places that I did go to, but as soon as I went in there, bang, okay, this is what's needed. Mm. And you, 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 you sense it. Do you have to work out what's going on? And cause like, you know, you mentioned about the monk, for example, yeah. is it obvious to you or you sense something you have to sort of do some sort of inquiry process or you end up communicating or, and then a process to really, what, what's the, well, basically, if, if, if I go into a room, I'm, I'm picking up the energy. And, and so the, the story, in that sense, is provided to me as to, okay, this, this is a monk, and, and so he just wants to, to return to where he came from rather than stay here. Mm. And, and that, that, well, I, I, I have a process, and that doesn't take long to do, but I can just do it there and then, bang, shoot, yeah. he's, he's gone. So it's just a case of becoming that conduit, opening up. Exactly, and then, and give you another example. Uh, again, some some friends in England uh, had asked me to go and help clear part of their garden because they sensed there was some dense energies there, and so I did that. And uh, as I was finishing clearing there, I could sense all these other energies floating through, whizzing them through about 90 100 of them uh in those days i was counting them uh, and and so afterwards i came back and said to the couple well it was very interesting clear the garden but then there was this whole mass of other energies coming oh yes well there's a cemetery 50 meters away and so all i'd done was basically open a, a channel to allow the energies to return to source and everybody that had been stuck in the cemetery, they'd been waiting for something, whoop, all they came along. Mm. And what's your, um, I've got to be mindful, I don't want to, don't want to get, I don't want to be too analytical and too in the head because we're talking about energies which is a, a different thought process, but people still think with their heads, so <laughs> including myself. Um, but what's your sort of universal view of how these en the energy structures are shaped what are these souls where they go what what how the world works you know because obviously we've got lots of um uh, you know we've got the christian philosophy we've got the buddhist philosophy we've got the hindu philosophy we've got lots of different models that people run with uh, yeah. and they're probably all facets of the same thing we're having a look at but what's your universal view on how things <coughs> well if, if if i go back and i think this is um why I am who I am. Uh, shamanism goes back, and the, far, the earliest recordings I've seen are 100,000 plus years. So long before any of the religious institutions and organizations have appeared. And, and what's the purpose? Creating balance. Balance between Father Sky, God the Divine, and Mother Earth, and the individual. And so my view is that we are all energy, Einstein and all the rest of it. The difference is there is dense energy, there's lighter energy, and there's very light energy. And, and so it's a question of allowing the energy to flow, which is, if it is blocked, coming back to beliefs or, or, or some trauma has happened, a battlefield, whatever it is, traumatic event, has locked in the energy of that soul. And so the soul, whether it's an animal, whether it's a human being, you know, a plant, whatever it is, wants to go back to the light. And so soul in particular, uh, and this is where I, I have um, some fun, 
sense that soul and, uh, will can split into 12 parts. And so uh, in, in a life, if there's trauma, and that's not necessarily death, um, so there's, there's one guy I, I, I did some work with a couple of years ago, he'd said to his partner at the time, I'm going to follow this path. And she said, okay, if you follow that path, I'm leaving now because I know it's going to end up in your death. And so that trauma led him or his, his soul, one part of his soul detached because it didn't want to lose the, the love of that particular woman. And so the soul remains in that story. And so this, it just goes round and round and round. And so going back to what I was saying about the Civil War and, and the, the souls that were stuck in that pretty nasty event, uh, they remained in it. Part of their souls remained in it. And the other 11 parts all went on and, and were leading another life. Uh, but the soul part was stuck in it. So what that means for the individual is this part of me that's still going around that trauma, whatever the trauma is. And therefore, I cannot evolve as fast or as much as I would like because there's this part still stuck over here. And so if I, if I release that part, bring it back, then, then the angels can expand and evolve uh, at the pace that it, it, it really wants rather than restricted by whatever's happened in the previous trauma. And we'll we'll, so that, like, we'll we'll someone like that who's who's with the with those essentially abandonment issues will will they be in that cycle of fear of rejection fear of abandonment continually losing people trying to find them again over please absolutely absolutely and so that that pattern that trauma is influencing all their other lives and especially this one yeah which is the one they're in at the moment that's right. And, and so that's why, if, if I look at, you know, put, put the broad hat on, uh, what's the purpose of a soul? Every soul incorporates, or incarnates, sorry, to, to expand and evolve. And that, that's its purpose. And then from the expansion and an evolution it's looking for, what is it I need to do to enable me to expand and evolve at the pace I would like? Well, I need to bring that soul part back or that soul fragment, or, or in other words, release the trauma that's holding me in, in that pattern. So the soul's purpose is to expand and evolve and, um, I can't remember the word now, but not, not improve, but... Grow. Grow. Um, and and it, is it sort of, it's coming out of the light, evolving, coming back to the light, coming out of the light, evolving, coming back to the light, is that the... Yes, I mean, simplistically, uh, <laughs> we, we, the, the, okay. we cannot have light without dark. Yeah. And we can't have light without dark. And so there is always an aspect of the dark, the shadow that's flowing through every one of us. Because if, if everything was always light, how would we know we're in the light? We wouldn't. And so we need that shadows. We need the the fear. We 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 need the uh, the shames and the guilts and all the rest of it, so that then we know, yes, we are enjoying life. For us, enjoyment would just be a flat, boring, dull tone. And so that's where the the human emotions need to go up and down, because that enables us to appreciate. The, the, the high points, the joy, the, the, the fun, the excitement, whatever it is. I love that. Uh, and and, and, and the, the, what's the purpose of the light? The, well, the light in that sense is uh, simplistically, uh, that's where we feel at home because it is light. We are souls incorporated, yeah, uh, and we return to the light. So, I'm, 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 so it's me understanding. And again, we're trying to simplify something which is <laughs> possibly beyond conception, but it's getting your 
perception like so but the, it is the light looking to expand and therefore sending out the souls to learn and come and keep expanding is it an ever growing consciousness in that sense yep absolutely and 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 so if 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 we look upon the creator god divine title we want to whatever word we use to use that is the point of all creation and that's what as a soul we're looking to return to because that was where we came from so that that's the route around and that is intense light however to understand the light we also need intense dark so that's why if, 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 if i put it into the cosmos we, we we see black holes black holes suck in energy that's their purpose and then it goes around and it comes out as the shining light because you've got to everything has to be in has to be in balance, balance. yeah yeah um okay. and, and that's why as i said if if everything was light it will become very boring and, and, and therefore we it, wouldn't enjoy it if i've got it right it's it, it's it's a moving balance not a static balance exactly thing, isn't it it's the flow of the energy and that makes it work. Yes, and that's that's the self-realization, the self-responsibility. So I choose to do something, and therefore, in them making that choice, I have created a a change. I have initiated something, and that initiation then actually means that all of creation expands. Because creation is, is continuing to expand. And how does it expand? It expands through new opportunities, new decisions, new learnings, new this, that, and the other. So creation continues to expand. And so that's why we as an individual soul, we continue to expand and grow. Because that's what we're doing. We are actually expanding the whole of creation. Yeah. We could go another level into that conversation, but I'm not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was stopping there, Andrew. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. We've only got a short length of time, but uh, it's one to come. I'll be a little bit cheeky here, perhaps, but is it for somebody who um, might be new to this, might be interested? What one is it? What, is there anything you'd recommend people to go and have a look at? Two, are there any simple practices that people could do to help lighten their state, or is that very much a case you have to know exactly what's going on to, to, to answer that? But um, anything uh, to, 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 to answer the second one first, Andrew, uh, no. I think the key point is to understand that, and this goes back to something you raised uh, much earlier in the conversation. If you look at the world around you and you see that you actually have more in your life than you believe you are limited with and there's a lack in your life that in itself and, and this is where i would say particularly go out into nature because nature is is agnostic in that sense nature just is full of what it is and if you connect with nature i'm not saying you have to go and hug a tree but go and stand by some trees, walk in nature, do something outside of the, 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 the routine, then you will feel more at calm, more at peace, and that will allow you then to accelerate and move away from the, the, the belief that you're limited and the belief that everybody's against you and you're not worthy of doing this and you're not good enough to do that. Would it resolve it? No, but it will help you in that sense, step forward. And and so, then coming back to your first question, uh, there are things you can read. Um, uh, I I hate to say that. Uh, no, I don't hate to say. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant, but I will say. Um, the, 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 you, you could read my my book, The Seven Secrets to Living in Harmony. Because that, I think, would, would give you some idea of, of the beliefs that exist. And therefore, once you've identified in your body your knee or your back or something, 
then you can, that's because nothing will change until you're aware of it. Yeah. And so once you're aware of it, then you, you can implement change. And so it's the awareness that's the important point. So the reason I'm suggesting uh, you, you could read the Seven Secrets to Living in Harmony is that will help your awareness. And it's only 120 pages. Uh, so with the awareness, then you can begin to make the changes. And then you see everything differently. And you can, can step forward. Uh, for somebody that wants to take it on uh, a little more deeply, then I have a, another book which uh, I, I, I will make available free is called The Seven Mystical Ways to Accelerate Your Business and Your Life. And so if you look at my website, shamanicceo, uh, that's all one word, .com, then you can download the book. Now that's 60 odd pages. And in there, there are seven mystical ways, in other words, processes you can do to help you start your business, uh, understand who's your market, uh, what is it you need to, to do to uh, assess what is my vision, what is my dream, what is it I, 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 I feel is my passion in life. So there are those practical elements as, as well as some of the, the more insightful elements in, in that book. That's fabulous. Thank you very much. And I'll, um, I'll, I'll get that link and I'll put it on the... Um on the podcast page as well so people can uh, right. thank access you. that as well so um, that's very much appreciated thank you um okay thank you for that it's, uh, it's an interesting journey and <laughs> 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 um, and and just to wrap up with you're in portugal i think um si, so you you sort of like a self-sufficient <clears throat> We're totally off-grid. Off we have no electricity supply. We have no water supply. We have no sewage. Uh, we, we, we generate from, from solar. We have wells that come from the mountain. And we actually, all the sewage goes into uh, septic tanks and then into a reed bed. And the reeds process the last of the toxins out. And then the water comes back onto the land. Do we grow all the food that we need? No. Uh, we, grow, we grow enough yeah. to, to, to make it enjoyable. And uh, as another side, we, we've had some um, chefs that have come and stayed here for a week or two weeks. And, and I was very surprised because one of them was at a top vegetarian vegan restaurant in, in Copenhagen. Another one had come from Austria. Uh, how much they've enjoyed going out and actually pulling the vegetables or cutting the vegetables and then preparing them. And they said they've never tasted anything like this in, in their professional lives. Because there's a big difference between you, you buy the vegetables and they've been there for 24 hours before you actually do anything with them. Whereas if you go down and an hour later, there they are on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, that, that's, that's back to living with being part of being connected to nature. Thank you, Gregory. Uh, is there anything that you would like to um, share with the viewers? Any last messages, any last thoughts that you'd like someone to take away with you that you ultimately you've learned from your journey uh, on what you do now? To me, it's about having joy in life not feeling I am beholden to what I must do rather than what I enjoy doing. And, and certainly my life, I enjoy. Uh, and, and I would say to anybody, follow the joy, follow the excitement, and it will take you where you've never believed it's possible. And that's part of the, the soul's expansion and, and growth. If, if you've thought about it, it's already been done. Because the mind only knows what it has experienced. Whereas if you follow the insights, the feeling, the calling, you will go where you've never been before. And to some that's, oh, don't want to do that. But actually, that's what the soul wants to do. Fantastic. 
Um, I, I normally ask the question, what makes your bits tingle? But I think you've answered that already. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I won't need to get Just a little bit. <laughs> Um, but no, that's absolutely fabulous. Uh, thank you, Greg. That's uh, really insightful. Uh, so I've got your website details. Uh, that's the best place for people to, to find you, I guess. On yeah. and, and, and as I said, I, I work with people across the world uh, and, and I, I would be delighted to see you here, Andrew. Um, I was talking to some people last night uh, and one of the ladies came here earlier this year and, and she was saying, it's peaceful, it's calm, and it's tranquil, and you will change. <laughs> <laughs> I throw that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, careful what you wish you all might take you up on it. <laughs> well, we'll, be yeah, we'll, we'll be very delighted uh, um, because we're here to <clears throat> to help you, to help everyone that connects with us to lead a life of joy and fun. And, and why shouldn't we? because we have fun of do, doing it, so we would like you to do the same. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, so I'll put all the information onto the uh, podcast uh, okay. details of the, the website. And um, uh, yeah, thank you once again for a really interesting conversation. And I will... Um, thank you, Andrew. You're delighted. You, you've kept me talking for far too long. <laughs> Never too long. Never too long. <laughs> <laughs> These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up, and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>